Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Welcome to the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. In today's episode, we're going to go over some of the most interesting position groups heading into training camp. Tom McLevy's going to stop by for another McLevy minute. And we're going to be joined by a sports journalist named Blake Jude from Stripe Hype Bengals. Definitely a segment that you guys won't want to miss. We also have a new segment called What Grinds Your Gears? And it's going to focus on things that I don't like or would want to change about the NFL. I'd like to thank our sponsor, at Bengals Highlights on Instagram. Great highlights set to some really cool music. Definitely something you guys got to check out. And before we start, I would like to pay my respects to a great Bengal and a great man, Mr. Ken Riley, who passed away this week at age 72. He was a sixth-round pick at corner. He lasted for 15 years out there. Mike Brown said we didn't have to worry about that position for a decade and a half. The biggest stat that comes to mind are the 65 interceptions that he had during his career. He also had 18 fumble recoveries. So that means he was responsible for 83 turnovers during his NFL career. Chris Collinsworth had mentioned that if you look at one of the most important stats and wins and losses over the history of the NFL, it's turnovers. And Ken Riley was one of the best at doing so. And, you know, I don't know if he's going to get into the Hall of Fame. We all know he deserves it. We all know that Cincinnati doesn't get the breaks they deserve with sending guys to the Hall. I was always hoping that it would happen while he was still alive. Obviously, that's not a possibility anymore. And he remained very humble about it. From what I read, he was actually embarrassed at all the lobbying that was going on for him to get into the Hall. Another one of those crazy injustices. So, with that said, I'd like to give a moment of silence to Ken Riley and for his family as well. Thank you. This is the unofficial Bengals podcast. What position group are you most interested in seeing when training camp starts? Well, the position that I'm most looking forward to seeing in training camp is the linebacker position. It was a mystery coming into this year. We only had three guys under contract, Pratt, Evans, and Brady Sheldon. So who knew what was going to happen with the linebacking core? It's been a sore spot for us for a few years. A lot of the recent losing that we've had has been due to bad offensive line play and bad linebacking play. So the Bengals decided to revamp that unit, and they brought in Josh Bynes, a veteran who was doing the job with Baltimore last year. We're going to hope that that continues with the Bengals, and he becomes a leader of that linebacking core. And then you have a whole mess of rookies that we brought in. Logan Wilson, Akeem Davis-Gaither, Marcus Bailey, Marcel Spears Jr., We don't know how those guys are going to fit in the mix. Now, when you think about it, they're probably going to be looking for Wilson to start because he's the most accomplished from his college career. So I'm going to be curious how his career at Wyoming transfers into the NFL. Akeem Davis-Gaither, they loved him at the Senior Bowl, had a great college career. Let's hope that he has the size to bang around in the NFL with, with big running backs and lead blockers and shed blockers. And, you know, I'm hoping that he has what it takes to do the job. Marcus Bailey, I would like it if they just pupped him this year. Put him on the physically unable to perform list. Give him one year. It's a seventh round pick. You don't have to rush that into the lineup right away. You're not spending a lot of money on him. You know he's coming off an ACL. It might be the year for him to just watch and learn. And then he comes in as a sophomore and helps contribute to the team for the long run. Marcel Spears Jr., I heard that he was working at Walmart in the offseason. You gotta love that story. You gotta love an undrafted free agent who's willing to just 
put in some blue-collar work just to make ends meet. I'm totally rooting for this guy. Thing about him, I, he's probably going to be more of a Hardy Nickerson type, like a good, instinctive, tough linebacker. They say he lacks a little bit of speed. So we're going to see how all this plays out. And then Jordan Evans, from what I saw, it chiseled his body. So he's going to come back as a new player. He's got a lot of speed. He has experience in the system. We don't know where he's going to fit in. A lot of the acquisitions that they made are kind of going to phase someone like that out. Austin Calitro, uh, you know, that's another veteran from other teams. Brady Sheldon. So you have guys like that are, that are fitting into the mix. And you don't know where those veterans are going to stand. But, you know, it's going to basically be Bynes, Pratt, Wilson, and the rookies. And then the other intriguing factor is Sean Williams. How many snaps is he going to get at linebacker? Where are they going to fit him into this mix? So it's pretty exciting having a highly touted free agent from a winning program like Bynes, mixing him with a second-year guy who's on the cusp like Pratt. You bring in all these rookies. You got a couple veterans that might be... You know, that might be fighting for their careers and putting in some, some good snaps this year. And then you have a, a, a safety who's probably going to convert to a small linebacker. So, very interesting position group. I'm really anxious to see how it plays out. And it will be my most anticipated position that I'm going to be looking at this offseason. Because it's going to make or break the defense. Our secondary is strong. Our defensive line is strong. We need to get it done on the middle level. So, I'll be watching these guys. All right, that's going to bring us to a brand new segment called What Grinds Your Gears. So, what really grinds your gears? All right, this is a new segment on the unofficial Bengals podcast called What Grinds Your Gears. I borrowed the name from Family Guy. I thought it was a pretty funny bit that they had on there, so that's where I got it from. But it's really stuff that I would want to change about the NFL or certain things that maybe irk me or bother me about the current NFL. You guys are welcome to reach out to me with anything that grinds your gears, and maybe we can throw it on a future episode. So on this first episode of this segment, I'd like to go over something that really grinds my gears. Blocking below the waist. I know you can't do it on kick returns, but I don't think you should be able to do it on any play. A lot of the focus of the game is in protecting the players and keeping their longevity and keeping the stars on the field and making sure that these guys have functional, healthy careers and good lives after that. Blocking below the waist just doesn't coincide with that philosophy. Uh, I tore an ACL years ago and it was a nightmare. And, you know, when I see guys getting chopped at the knees constantly, it it just really bothers me. I just feel that they should just outlaw it altogether, make it illegal, make it a 15-yard penalty. It'll cut down on a lot of knee injuries. And truthfully, if you can't block someone straight up, standing up man-to-man, then maybe you shouldn't be blocking that guy. Back in the late 90s and early 2000s, the Denver Broncos were notorious for doing that. On any given play, you would see two or three offensive linemen for them on the ground chopping the knees out of the defensive linemen. Just not a cool move. I think that blocking below the waist is cheap, and I think it's a little bit cowardly. And I hope eventually the NFL comes to its senses and outlaws it and makes it a penalty and even fines guys for doing it. So that's what really grinds my gears about the NFL, blocking below the waist. McLeavy Minute. All right, we're here with Tom McLeavy. Tom, how are you? Good, Frankie. How you doing? All right, man. So who do you think is going to be a standout on defense this year? Defense, I'm going to go with two guys. I'm going to lean towards Jermaine Pratt being his second year with a year under his belt. Um, 
I think he's going to really take off. I think you're going to really see his speed. And another guy I'm going to lean towards is William Jackson. Apparently he was hurt last year. The defense was, wasn't very good, and he was put on an island a lot of times. So with him being healthy, with the other defensive guys that they picked up on free agency, I think you're going to see a, uh, a better William Jackson also. So, Tom, what are you thinking about the offense? Who's going to stand out this year? I'm going to say Joe Mixon. I know he's been a standout for the last two years, but I think with Burrow being his first year, I think they're going to really lean on the running back. And I just see Mixon being, of course, the three-down back that he is, but having a lot of touches. And I think that's why his camp wants to get a new deal because I think they sense that he's going to get a lot of touches and they just want him to make some money, God forbid, as he gets hurt. So I'm going to lean on uh, Joe Mixon. Do you think football is going to start on time? It's going to be very interesting, Frank. I think with baseball screwing up with monetary issues that they're not going to go ahead with the season, so we lost baseball. I think football's hoping basketball comes through with what they're talking about. If that goes through without any hitches, I think football is going to be okay with no fans. So it's, I think, hinging on basketball. I hope that they come through like everybody else listening to this and our sports fans that football will start on time. But I also realize that this is a a phenomenon that nobody's used to. Football and basketball are the two hardest ones to deal with with this virus. Baseball is the easiest, I feel, because the two closest guys are basically the batter and the catcher. But yet, they're the farthest apart because of money. I don't know how basketball and football are going to do it, but if basketball can do it, they'll find a way for football to succeed with it. Wow, Tom. Powerful takes as always, man. Thank you for coming on today. No problem, Frankie. All right, my man. Can the Bengals reach the team record of 52 sacks this season? 52 sacks is a lot for a team to get. Rather than give a yes or no answer on if we're going to hit that amount, Let's go over the roster and figure out kind of who's going to get how many sacks and see how the numbers shake out. So you start out with the big three of Atkins, Dunlap, and Hubbard. You figure one of those guys should hit double-digit sacks. We know it's tough for two, three guys on the same team to hit double-digit sacks. It doesn't happen that much. So for the sake of this discussion, let's give them all nine. That would be more than Atkins had last year. That's been about what Dunlap has been averaging, and Hubbard's kind of in the same boat. You know, if one of those guys explodes, I w- hey, I would love to see a 15-sack season out of one of them. But I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. You know, sacks are hard to come by. We weren't getting a lot of sacks because last year teams were running all over us. So there was less passing opportunities for our guys to get those sacks. So that's why sack numbers have been down a little bit recently. But let's, let's hope that the run defense comes through, and let's hope that we have a, a stronger defense this year. So let's give the, the big three nine sacks each. 
Now we move on to Carl Lawson. You really don't know what we're going to get out of him. He had that great rookie year. He had that unfortunate injury in Tampa where he tore his ACL on a false start. You know, just really bad luck there. But he's a good player, so I'm definitely rooting for him. But let's be uh, let's be reasonable with our expectations. Let's give Carl Lawson five sacks for this season. Let's let's say that with the revamped defense, better health, his numbers improve, and he's good for five sacks. Moving on to DJ Reader. I'm really happy that we have this guy. He is our prize free agent. And he's going to get a share of sacks, but he, that's not really his game. You know, he's in there to occupy two guys, to mess up teams in the run game, to provide a little bit of push up the middle. And he's going to be next to Geno, so his numbers are going to improve. He's never had more than two and a half sacks in a season, but let's say best case scenario, he gets another four sacks for the defensive line. Moving on to the backups, regardless of who the ends are, let's just say Brown and Adeniji right now, you're probably looking at maybe one out of those guys. The defensive tackles, Tupo, Wren, Glasgow, whoever it's going to be there, you're probably looking at about one there as well. Because the Bengals in that position are, are mainly going to have a, a run stuffer. They're not going to have a guy providing a lot of push up the middle with those backups. You move on to the secondary. I think that Bell and Williams are going to provide a few. Let's let's say three. You know, that that's a pretty solid number coming out of the safety position. Let's say we get another three sacks out of those two safeties. Whether it's Williams in a hybrid linebacker role or just Bell, who has shown the ability to rush the passer. So, you know, maybe three to four there, but we'll go with three right now. And then you move on to the linebackers. Traditionally, Cincinnati linebackers don't get a lot of sacks. And, you know, the scheme changes with the coach every year. But basically, you don't see a ton of sacks out of the linebacker position. If you look at over the last 10 years, most of those sacks are coming from the defensive ends and Geno Atkins. Let's say between... Bynes and Wilson and Pratt and Gaither and whoever else fits in there this year. Let's say they give us three three total sacks there. And then I'd like to add in two miscellaneous sacks, whether it's from like a corner blitz or some player that I wasn't thinking of and didn't mention, maybe get some sack or something like that. So if you add up the numbers, it comes to about 45, 46 sacks, a little bit short of the record. So the answer to the question is, I don't think they're going to hit their record of 52 sacks this year. Remember, this was a struggling defense last year. We have a lot of new players in there, and we're going to be better. But it's not like we're going to be the number one defense in the league overnight. They have the potential to get into that top 10, but it's going to take a little bit of time. So I love to be optimistic. I, I hope they get 90 sacks this year. But if you break down what everyone's kind of expected to do, even a little bit of improvement over what they've done over the last couple years, it looks like we're going to fall just a little bit short of that 52 sack mark. All right, that's going to move us on to our next segment. I'd like to welcome in an excellent journalist and an excellent analyst. This is Blake Jude from Stripe Hype Bengals. Stripe Hype Bengals featuring Blake Jude. All right, we're here with Blake Jude from Stripe Hype Bengals. Blake, how are you today? Doing very well, Frank. Talking about the Bengals, I'm excited to talk about this wide receiver core. Yeah, me too. I'm glad to have you on. So what do you think about the wide receiver group heading into training camp? You know, this is a very interesting core. Uh, to be honest with you, there's so many stacked positions, especially after drafting a wide receiver round two in T. Higgins. Uh, several players going into free agency uh, this offseason. A.J. Green, a free agent. Uh, after this franchise tie, of course, John Ross did not have his uh, fifth-year option extended. Of course, Alex Erickson as well, another uh, Frazier heading up. There's a lot of guys in here that the Bengals might not want to bring back as they really are starting to feel comfortable with, you know, having their new young core of Auden Tate, uh, Tyler Boyd, and of course now T. Higgins, the, the second round pick. So it 
should be very interesting to see how this all works out. A lot of receivers, though, that have been known for going over 500 yards, I believe all five receivers uh, that I mentioned, excluding uh, T. Higgins, at one point have reached over 500 yards in a season, which is kind of crazy to think. And, and of course, last year, Erickson and Tate both combined reached over 500 yards. So a lot of promise and depth around this receiver core of Cincinnati. I, I mean, I, you can make an argument that they have one of the best depth uh, receiver cores in the con- or in the NFL. So a lot of arguments there, of course. But uh, if A.J. Green comes back and is healthy, that's a huge game for Cincinnati. Of course, um, having several injuries in the past, but if he's able to come back and, and properly, you know, get healthy and come right back and have another thousand yard season, uh, maybe he gets another extension and, and is able to help progress T. Higgins to be the next A.J. Green type mold uh, in the future. I like Tyler Boyd a lot. It's just hard for me to believe that he could be that number one receiver uh, down the line in the future. I think he's fantastic at, at being the wide receiver two of this team. I think that's where he's going to be best is over the middle of the field. Like Joe Burrow almost a safety blanket for Joe Burrow. Uh, if he ever needs an emergency pass uh, near the middle of the field, uh, that would be ideal for him. So is key. And I like Auden Tate a lot. Auden Tate someone that I think has really been slept on uh, during this. Yeah, I don't know any other player in the in the NFL that is better at just straight up contested catches than Auden Tate. You throw it up to him, and it's almost a guaranteed catch, which is crazy. Uh, I haven't really seen many receivers like that in the league. I like him a lot. I really think Tate. I mean, a seventh round pick several years back. I think he can build off that last year where he had over 500 yards receiving. Maybe get 600, 700 yards receiving, and that's our wide receiver four or five you're talking about. So I mean, that's a very, very good uh, wide receiver core right there. I know there's a lot of teams uh, that generally like to play with three, maybe two receivers uh, at once, but I think Cincinnati's got a really good thing going. I think being able to rotate between six, maybe even five guys really, really helps the squad and and really allows them to be perfectly healthy uh, when it comes to stamina and being able to get past those corners or create separation or be able to make that contested catch. It's very key, and it's going to help Joe Burrow a lot because in LSU, Joe Burrow had many weapons. Uh, it was very well known that Joe Brady was a fantastic passing coordinator, really helped wide right receivers get better, uh, and allowed Joe Burrow to have plenty of weapons to make passes to if needed. Burrow's very, very good at progressing. Uh, he's able to look at each receiver and figure out which one's open at the pro- proper time. Uh, that's something that he's always been really good at, very, very good at his timing as well. His accuracy is perfect. And it's going to really, really help that Cincinnati has so many capable wide receivers of not only getting separation, but also making those contested catches. Burrow's able to throw and put on the money almost every single time. That's going to be a very, very big bonus uh, for this team. But I also think we should look at some of the guys in the back, uh, some of the special teamers, some of the guys that might not be getting as much love as before. Uh, Stanley Morgan, of course. I really like Stanley Morgan. I think he can be fantastic. The undrafted free agent from last year, I believe, uh, was very raw when it came to being a gunner as well. And I think it's very, very important that you have proper special teams players. You need to have those proper blockers. I think Stanley Morgan is probably the best blocking wide receiver we had last year, surprisingly. Uh, and I think it's also very important you have good gunners. Gunners are normally guys on the outside that try to rush towards the punt returner or maybe even the kick returner on the outside as well uh, to try to you know make sure they get them behind the line or make sure they don't get any good proper kicks. Cincinnati was ranked the best team in the league last year in special teams, mainly because they're gunners. And Stanley Morgan was probably the best of the bunch. So usually whenever you look at the roster, Darren Simmons is going to bring maybe three guys in the past that was like your Tony McRae of the team, that was like your Cody Core uh, or your Alex Erickson. Damian Willis, we haven't even mentioned Damian Willis, and he was fantastic last year uh, in training camp, really blew up, really showed himself off. Didn't really have that great of a regular season. Um, yeah, that's a guy that you have to look out for as well. I mean, several really, really good players on that receiver core. Very, very deep squad, a squad that I am very confident in going in the future. Uh, and, you know, if you get three or four of these guys to pan out and really be good guys for the 
for the future. Maybe they resign Ross. Maybe Ross has a fantastic season. Great deep threat to match up alongside Higgins, Tate, and Boyd. I mean, that's just a perfect core right there. If you can have just four of those guys work out, I think you're really, really good and set for the future. Wow, Blake, that was a really thorough analysis. You know, you tapped on a few things that I wasn't thinking of myself, like the Darren Simmons factor where, you know, he's probably going to bring in a special teamer and, you know, you always need a valuable gunner and guys that can block in the kicking game. So really astute observations. I, I appreciate that. Um, how do people find you on social media? You can find me on social media on Instagram, uh, at Stripe Pike Bengals. I cover the Bengals uh, on that side of things. Uh, right now, I'm going through each season, trying to, or going through the current 2020 season, trying to uh, compare each team, each opponent that they're going to face against. Uh, but you can also find me on Twitter, uh, BlakeJupe714. Uh, there, I cover the Bengals as well. Uh, but I'm also a New Orleans Saints writer now for fansided.com. Uh, I'm going to be a member on that side as well. So I might post a little bit about the Saints there as well. Uh, and then also, you can find me on my website, BengalsInsiders.com. I cover the Bengals along with a big group of people there. Uh, we are really trying to start up something down on that end and try to get, uh, you know, try to get a new website up for for everyone to go check out. So I highly suggest you go down there and read some of the articles. We have plenty of really good writers uh, that are starting to, um, you know, really show themselves and, and prove themselves as going to be, you know, good sports journalists hopefully in the future. So I recommend you go down, go down there and check out BengalsInsiders.com. Excellent stuff, man. Well, thanks again for coming on, Blake. Thank you so much. That'll do it for this episode of the Unofficial Bengals Podcast. Next episode, we're going to continue to go over the roster and talk about any new news that's happening with the Bengals. Tom McLevy's going to stop in for a McLevy Minute. Seb Talk Sports is going to be back on. We're going to be joined by a special guest, friend of the show, Bengals Access, to talk about some Bengals stuff. And we're going to bring back another episode of What Grinds My Gears. I'd like to thank our sponsor, at Bengals Highlights, on Instagram. And I'd also like to give thanks to some of the other pages that are helping spread the word about the team and providing some great entertainment on social media. Bengals Talk, Joe Goodberry, Westside Who Day, Bengals Insider, Stripe Pipe Bengals, who was great on the show this week, Bengals Access coming on next week, Bengals Center, Bengals Junction, Cincy Strong, Bengals National, Bengals Captain, Houday Nation News, you can't forget Zim Houday or Trey IDK. Houday Network, Zim versus Sanu Jr., Bengal Jim's BTR, Houday Insider, Bengals Burrow, the list goes on and on. Great pages, doing a great job talking about our team. Thank you for listening to the unofficial Bengals podcast. This is your host, Frank LaPlaca, and I'm a Bengals fan for life. The Unofficial Bengals Podcast.